I want to see how much pull we have in the city of Atlanta. See if we can get some of those chicken wings oh. sent down here to Orlando. What's poppin' everybody? Tim, how are we doing today? Uh, I want to trade. I'm actually not going to show up to practice tomorrow. I'm going to go to the strip club and go to a rapper birthday party. You're requesting a trade from this podcast? Yeah, I'm also not going to be wearing a mask. Uh, that one in there. That one out. Welcome to What's Poppin', everybody. <laughs> All right. That, that's great. James Harden. Really, really fun guy to root for right now. Uh, we got a really good episode on our hands right here. We talked to Marshall Forney, former classmate of ours, currently working at the NBA. He explained a little bit about his job, about what it was like to be in the bubble, which he has some awesome stories about that. And then we talked about the uh, very controversial ESPN Top 100 Players list. We give our thoughts too high, too low. Uh, we go through the whole list. So. Lonzo Ball at 54? Are you kidding me? Just a preview. Just a preview. A lot, a lot of hot takes coming here from uh, blow up the Portland Trailblazers, Tim, over here. So <laughs> let's, let's get right into it. We'll start with the numbers game. A quick one, a fun one. All right, numbers game. We're just going to do one between the two of us because we got a lot to get into with our guest, Marshall. Uh, this is going to be a special number 12 as well. We're going a bit different since it is a different episode. Number 12, Michael Jordan of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, most of you know him as number 23 or number 45, but there was one game in 1990 where many people know that his jersey was stolen from the locker room before the game started, and he actually had, was given the number 12 jersey. No name, yeah. No name on it, number 12, put up 49 against the Magic. Of course he did. Bulls ended up losing the game, which doesn't, isn't quite the fairy, fairy tale ending we wanted, but still, 49 points. There's no, no slouch at number 12. Everybody who watched The Last Dance is well aware of how the littlest thing can piss him off. So he's probably got a vendetta against the jersey man, uh, the, <laughs> the, the kit man and the, on the Bulls organization. That's dead to him. Uh, Michael Jordan, number 12, hanging in the rafters. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Marshall. This is uh, uh, an incredible conversation we had with a really great guy. Let's do it. All right, today, everybody, we have Marshall Forney, the one and only classmate of ours at Columbia, United States Naval Academy basketball alum, Excel Sports Manager, and now working for Basketball Ops in the NBA. Welcome to the show, Marshall. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be uh, with two great gentlemen uh, who I definitely call friends from Columbia, so very excited. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. I love it. First of all, just uh, for, for everyone out there, tell us a little bit about what you do at the league and, and, uh, and that whole process and how that's been. Sure. So uh, I'm in uh, the entry-level pro entry level rotational program at the NBA uh, called the NBA Associate Program. Um, and it's a two-year program uh, with four six-month rotations. Uh, and I'm currently in my third rotation, uh, which is in basketball operations. Um, and basketball operations at the league office mostly deals with the rules, regulations, um, of the game, um, they enforce it, they enforce all the rules. Um, so they deal with the finding process, suspensions, et cetera. Um, and they also deal with the game operations, uh, part of the game. So, um, at really basically at, at, at every arena, um, the league office has to, you know, basically be familiar with everything on that arena, um, and, and run that process. So game operations and rule, rules and regulations are probably the two main things that the basketball operations department um, so, manage. Yeah, so obviously there's a ton of people out there who a lot of whom are probably listening to this, uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> who are very much interested in a job at a league like the NBA. 
Right. Is it as cool as what everybody thinks it is? Like how exciting is this to get to be somewhere that a lot of people would want to be, you know, in this industry? I will say, um, I, I think as Tim mentioned, I did, I did play, I did play in college for a little bit. And the fact that, um, even though I'm not, I'm obviously not playing now, but I'm still, I'm still very close to the game, um, is, is a blessing. And I think, uh, that's an opportunity that, that, that I do not take for granted. Um, and just, all, just really seeing all the pieces that go in to making the NBA what it is. Like it's a well, it's a well oiled machine at the end of the day in every, in every department, there's many departments of the NBA. I, I can't even name them all, but, um, just how all the pieces flow together, um, to put out great basketball and a great product as well. Um, it's something that's amazing to see on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, well, speaking of being close to the game still, uh, you were very close to the game in the NBA bubble. What right. What can you tell us about being in the bubble? What was it like inside? You you got the best meals, right? You weren't you weren't getting some of none of that, that that BS that they were trying to give other players. You were you got like the lobster, right? Uh, I was not. I was not getting. Um, the five-star restaurant meals. I was getting <laughs> all Disney World Resort meals. And shut shut please like I really feel like they do not get enough love for the people that that worked worked there. It was it was a tough environment, I think, I think for everybody to be in. Um obviously it's historical. Uh when I had the chance to be there, like I jumped at it. Yeah. Um but like I think the overall environment, um I would say like there's different stages of it. Uh, I was able, I, w- I got there um, about when the first round of the playoffs started. Okay. And um, so, so before that, no families were there. So no wife, no kids, stuff like that. And I can just tell, um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people were, were really fatigued because I think working in that environment, um, it's not, you're not in the bubble working the nine to five job. Like yeah. it, the work is the work is throughout the day, yeah. um, so for league staff, um, e- even for team staff, um, when it comes to you know watching film, um, the training staff giving players um, the treatments, etc. It was it, it was tough, um, but also rewarding. Um, and I think the players on the players front. Um, though it was tough to be away from their families. And I think um, Damian Lillard even talked about it with everything being right there. Yeah. Um, no, no traveling required. Like the basketball was really at a high level. Yeah, um, it was. The basketball was awesome. Oh, it was, whew, it was crazy. Like I've, like there would be times where I'm working and I know a game going on. I just, just want to sneak in and see, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, and so um, the environment, the environment changed throughout yeah. uh, throughout my time there. Um, especially when the kids, when the kids and wives got there, like it was like a boost of energy, I think, to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was huge. And and then obviously towards the end, as more and more teams left, it got it got more competitive in there, which which is definitely interesting to be around. Uh, so it, it was a great experience. Great experience. I bet I bet it was awesome. I, as people you know who've all worked in environments like that, I feel like it never gets old when you like 
are still that close to the core or whatever it might be. Like it's still cool every time you go down there. And I don't know, maybe that wears off after 15 years. I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> hopefully we all get, hopefully we all get there and we can, we can yeah. check in and see like, is it still awesome or whatever? Oh, it's still, yeah. Like you said, Tim, it's still very, very fresh to me. I'm still like, wow. Like I, I, I can't, I can't believe I was actually, actually able to be a part of that. And especially a, able to see some of those games. Yeah, some so of the games they, went down what they have you doing like what how much how many of the games you get to see like what was your exposure to getting to be around a lot of that sure so um i was i was actually in the player health group in the bubble and they they're obvious i think like they are really unsung heroes of the uh, of oh, the overall organization because time. they had to manage everybody yeah. um and, and protect and protect everybody players staff media etc yeah. So um, I was able to I was able to work with them, um, and they need the bodies because that work, especially dealing with dealing with the testing, yeah. um, dealing with the health and safety protocols, that's work. Uh, that's all day work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I I was able to um, I was able to help out on the health technology aspect with the contract tracing. What else did I do? It seems so. It seems. <laughs> all right. All right. This is what I want to know. This is what I want to know. <laughs> If you had like one highlight or something like that from the bubble or one moment where you're like, man, that was epic. Like, did you, you have one of those moments or one of those, like a story like that? The Luca buzzer beater. Doncic pulls up three pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good. Doncic wins the game at the buzzer. Oh. Yeah. Cool. That step back. I think the funny part about it is, is like when you watch games, like basically the way it was set up um, in the arena, um, and that was before players' families got there. So it was like open seating for like the executives uh, close to the floor, and then they had like a little bleachers to the right, and and that's where a good amount of the of the employees sat at. And I I went to a couple games before that, and I was seeing everybody was very professional. You know, like even even when a when a great move was made by a player, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> just stoic. Yeah, you know, everybody's just like, oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. So when that shot went in, it's like people people went crazy. Like, oh, I, I bet, man. It, it it puts you right back in being a fan. Like for the like for the most part, if you work if you work in at the league or with the team, yeah. et cetera, you were still a fan of the game. Yeah. yeah. So seeing a play like that. And he went off like that. Yeah. That's like a half, man. He was yeah. going in and see, seeing it and like that was definitely was definitely a highlight for sure. Um, I have a couple other highlights too. Um, Hit him with it. Let's go. Um, well, this this may be seen. This may seem a little fanboyish, but <laughs> we all got that. Yeah. We all got that. <laughs> so um, LeBron, um, like there was a restaurant in the bubble that a lot of people went to yeah and um and this is something very minute so please if you have to oh, cut yeah. this out this is I'm, I'm telling everyone <laughs> that you got LeBron's <laughs> autograph you shook his hand you played 2k with him and then now your boys with LeBron oh, oh hey version of this story yeah, so <laughs> hey, pump up the lies pump them up <laughs> but um but no it was like um basically it was him his wife and uh Randy Mims who's like his right hand man yeah. and at the restaurant and I was about to, I was about to go, and he was like in front of me for some reason, and I thought he was, you know, I I, I just thought like I was just gonna go or whatever, yeah. but he like held the door for me, and I was like, no, nah, you can go, 
You can go. <laughs> and, and he was like, nah, you got it, boss. And I'm like, boss? You're the boss. <laughs> you are a true boss, not me. Not me. <laughs> by any means. By any, I didn't say that, of course. Shoes on the spot. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't, I obviously didn't say that, but I was like, no, I appreciate it, blah, blah, blah. But man, <laughs> oh, no, I called my mama. I was like, LeBron called me boss. <laughs> Never thought I would see today. <laughs> it's amazing. My, my cheesy version of uh, freaking out like that is this past summer last year when we were with, with FC Bayern in Houston. I was mm -hmm. in the tunnel. Like, by that point, I'd been in the tunnel with the guys before the first game, like, pretty crazy. But right. I was trying my best to be, you know, like, like I belong there, you know, fit in. But right. they were playing Real Madrid in that second game in, in Houston. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, all the best guys everybody watches all the time. So I'm sitting right. in the tunnel next to these guys, and I got my phone out. I'm like, I, I got to get a video of this. So I'm just crouched down there, like, videoing as they're going out to go down the field. And I'm, I'm like, okay, there goes Eden Hazard. There goes Vinicius. There goes all these guys. And then – Sergio Ramos walks around the corner, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Total chills. It was everybody else, I was totally fine. But for some reason, when he walked by, I was just like, totally freaked out, got chills, and just. It's because he's been so good for so long. Oh, know, His longevity is crazy. Something yeah. about it. I saw, as soon as I saw him, I managed to hold it together with the rest of the guys. But I saw him, and I was like, this is, this is different. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm totally fanboying right now. So I, have to, I feel you. That's what I'm saying. There's no little thing. If you don't mind, I have a question for, for, for both of you. Please. Is there, like, what's, like, the athlete at the top of your list that you would fanboy for that be like, oh, my God, like, he's in front of me, he or she? Yeah, man, that's tough. Um, I'll, I'll give you the three easy answers. It's some version of Messi, Ronaldo, and LeBron. Like, you got one of them checked off for us here, but, yeah, those other two guys are like, – Seeing LeBron would be incredible. Yeah. My favorite athlete is MJ, but I think if you would have asked me, you know, 10 years ago, maybe I might've said Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, Tiger, Tiger, like for me, like when he was in his, like when he was in his prime, from, you know, 2000 to 2008, whenever all that went down, mm. I just was like, I could not get over how cool he was. Like, I just thought he was so freaking smooth and everything he did. Yeah. But I think also, and this is, this is going to be a lot, but I think Serena Williams is like, Oh, that's yeah. that's so really dope. Yeah, like, really I think everything she does is, so cool and i think if i saw her i'd be like uh uh oh, hi like I, like, I, I like she's the cool like she like yeah. won a tournament with a freaking kid in her belly like yeah. she has a clothing line she's arguably the greatest tennis player of all time like i, I would I, that one would be that's amazing one. she's she's literally one of the best athletes ever and i'm happy like sure. at least recently she's starting to get her credit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely but yeah. like i think that like for me i'd teen screen but that's a good list. I, li I like your answers. I like your answers. Yeah, yeah. You, you did uh, check off the big one there, though. I do think if if being next to LeBron is a, some other world of crazy, yeah. because it's not only he's very much in the conversation for the best of all time basketball player, but it's the respect that he commands outside of that as just exactly. a human being. And this is one thing, not to get on too much of a tangent, that I think tangent that I think about a lot is um, it's crazy to me to think about a guy who's 16 years old in the spotlight. Everybody says you're the next best thing and you actually do it because everybody in the world thinks that you're not going to do it. Exactly. And then you do it. Like it's one of those things I think about a lot. And especially because he's carried it, like I said, off the court with all those other things that he's done on top of that, not only has he managed the expectations of 
people what he's expected to do night in and night out, but he's now leading social change as a person that's doing things bigger than basketball. And I think that's one of the things that if I really take a step back sometimes, it's not to, we don't need to go too much LeBron fanboy here. Everybody can calm down, but like, it's crazy to think about for me. One of those, it's one of those things that it's like, this person is bigger than the expectations that were created for him as just a human being. Yeah. For sure. No, that's like, one, that actually brings me to a point about the bubble that was so, that was very, very interesting to me because one of the reasons, like, obviously I'm a black man in this country. Yeah. Though, like, obviously this this whole year has been tough on everybody. Yeah. Uh, but with everything going on um, with with social justice and, race, and racism in this country, yeah. which, I mean, I have a lot of feelings about that. Um, I know this podcast is about sports. I'm not going to go into go, yeah, go, it. Yeah, we've done that too. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, please do. But one of the things that actually made me nervous going to the bubble was just seeing seeing what was going on. And you know, I'm I want to I want to be out there and prote- protest with my people because yeah. even even though this was like a highlight year of everything that's going on, like this is something that been going on. I live it. I live it every yeah. day. Uh-huh. Um, so I would say. One highlight though of being being in the bubble was just was really seeing the players. Um, well, and it, it could be little things like that. I can I can walk past them and they can and, and basically they would talk about social justice or whatever or like wearing a t-shirt, wearing a like yeah. whatever. It was really really good to see that, um, and and to see players represent themselves in that way. Because um, yeah. one actually I can laugh at it now. Tim, the first time you asked me about the podcast, I don't know if you remember, but it was the day that it was the day that the Bucks yep. didn't play. Yep. And I remember telling you, I was like, yo, I don't know if I'm gonna be here too much longer. I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> uh, but it was it was still amazing to see that because obviously the league is major majority African American. Yeah. And, and and seeing athletes at least make an attempt to use their platform in the right way yeah. um, was something that was something that was great to see. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I think, I mean, we welcome this conversation many times over. I think we're like the biggest proponents of speak up and dribble, you know, oh, and, sure. and I think what's interesting and, and I have talked to a couple of my buddies who are African-American who were nervous about the bubble and it potentially taking away from everything that was going yeah, on. I was in that crowd and I work at the league. So. Yeah. And yeah. so the fact that they did that and the way it went down, I think was great. I'm excited to see like how they continue to do that because obviously still a huge issue in this country. It's not over yet. Like, I mean, we see it with Casey Goodson, you know, like it's, exactly. it's still a thing and we still have a long ways to go. We're still fighting. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, it's been awesome to see the guys in the NBA, you know, and I feel like the NBA has almost been at the forefront of this. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's not to get too much into soccer again, but we saw two days ago, there was yeah, a just in the PSG yeah. game because of another similar incident. And I, I'm not going to say that we know this for sure, but I don't know. I think the Bucks set a pretty good precedent. I don't know if the PSG players and the East Bowl players knew anything about what that happened, what happened with that. But, you know, those guys walked off of the pitch because they similarly recognized the power that they have as athletes. You know, they stopped the game and did this whole bigger movement because that's the command that they have, right? And I do think that's one big takeaway that has been good from all this is that athletes now very much 
are recognizing the, the platform that they have to, to use. So absolutely, absolutely. I was I was obviously sad when I first when I first saw that, but I was happy that they reacted that way. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I th- I know I know during that time a lot of teams canceled you know canceled the games. Yeah. But what's going on in the country? I don't want it to be like oh that happened and then that's it. Like there still has to be work and yeah. there's still ways that athletes can use their platform. Um, to, to increase change, especially on a global scale, like yeah, you know, is is way like these issues are global. It's not it's not just in America. Hundred percent, yeah. It's almost there's a lot of really really bad stuff that's happening in Eastern Europe, and right. not to get too much into the specific case of the the PSG game, but it, it was interesting. A lot of what is being said about what happened there is it was a, a miscommunication in language because what for for context he the the side the fourth ref uh, referenced. A, an assistant coach as the black one and the assistant coach got very upset saying you know, why would you point me out like that one of the players went up to the assistant ref and said you wouldn't say the white one about that player exactly. and the thing that's come out afterwards is the the referee is trying to say it's a language discrepancy because of he's Romanian and you know that's there's not necessarily the right word there but in any language you shouldn't have to reference somebody by the color of their skin to be able to point them out and I think whether the wording is right there or not, that's still an issue that needs to be changed, right? So I think it was very important for those players. It was also Demba Ba, one of the players on Istanbul, was very direct in his uh, conversation with the side judge. He was like, you would not say that if this guy was white. Whether you believe that or not, like, you would not yeah. say that. And I think it's, it, was, it was cool to get to hear that because they picked up on that audio on the mic. And the ability to hear a player say that and very eloquently put that to this guy in, in the moment, right. I thought that was really important for people to hear. Absolutely. I agree 100% with you. It's a lot. We got a lot of people got to look inward <laughs> big time <laughs> to, to be able to move forward and, and, and figure that out because it's one of those things you're like, oh, no, like, I, like, well, it's not racist, all this stuff. But it's like, okay, well, like, you need to completely change the whole thought process, the whole everything. So Absolutely. I don't know. But before we, uh, before we dive into, you know, some NBA guys, I know you're big on, on the high school and college game. Mm-hmm. You went to Peach Jam, you know, back when when life was normal and we could actually do fun things like go to Peach Jam. Who were some young guys that you were high on that you're like, these guys are gonna kill it in the league? So I think I think this is everybody's been talking about it, but it's so true. Next year's draft's gonna be crazy. Yeah. It's gonna be crazy just from 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 the one and done to also the kids that have been in college. Yeah. Um like it's it's gonna be crazy. So, I'm Kate Cunningham. I was gonna say like, Kate's got since day one, dude. Um, then even thing. Excuse me. Uh, I forgot to. I left out the the G League, the, the Ignite, the Ignite yeah. team. Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga. He's legit, man. Oh my God, such a great player. He's he's amazing. Obviously, Jalen Green. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Whew, I would say, um, actually, what I'll do is I'll talk about the kids that are currently in high school now because I think, for the most part, college, like the college people are really getting their exposure right now. Yeah. Um, so I was high school is Chet Holmgren. Oh, every right. time I watch him, man. That summer, that, that summer at Columbia, like you said, I went to Peach Gym and I worked um, the MBPA Top 100 camp. Yeah. So people knew him, but 
seeing him do what he did against the competition and continue to get better and better. Yeah. Man, he he's amazing, man. He's good. Uh, Tim, this is for you. Paolo Vincero is Hey, real. Seattle guy. <laughs> hey. Okay. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> he's legit, though. He can move at his size, too. He's good. He, he is. He's legit. He's legit, man. And then I think another high school player. This is probably a kid that, like, a lot of people probably aren't familiar with. But he probably talked to him in the country. Uh, a guy named Kennedy Chandler. Yep. Yeah, All right, yeah, yeah, he's good, man. Yeah, I saw him at Peace Jam, and he, got his, he played on the team that played in the championship the last Peace Jam. Yeah, and he can do, he can do everything. He's a little small. He's probably like six feet, six one. But I thought he was like six four. Is he, is he smaller he than that? Big. Yeah, he yeah. Plays yeah, like he's exactly. six four. That's probably it. Exactly, exactly. He's a great defender, super bouncy, very athletic. So I would say those are probably like. When I think of like the the kids that are high school seniors, which I feel so bad for them because their senior year isn't like I don't know about y'all. Senior year was fun, you know what I mean? Yeah, like for sure. fun times. But I think I think those, I think those three guys um, are probably the probably the players that impress me. Yeah, man. I think the the difference that I see in Chet this year compared to years past is now he like has this swagger yes. that he's like I know. Confidence is there. So freaking good. And, like, he'll block dudes and, like, stare them down and get yeah. it. Like, and I'm, like, I'm all for it. Because you look at him and you're, like, oh, you're skinny, but you can't hang. And then he right. just crushes people, man. And he's such a good defender, too. That's what I dig about him. He's not just, like, yeah. a score. Like, he's good. He's, he's good. an amazing run protector. Amazing run protector. His timing, like, obviously he's not the most athletic, but his, his timing – is just is is elite, man. He he's really fun to watch on both ends. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I dig Chet. You're the one who's in college but played with Chet at Minnehaha. Jalen Suggs, man. Oh, he's bro, good, bro. Did, yo, Gonzaga as a team. Yo, Gonzaga is the perfect college team. Yeah, dude, my guy Corey yeah. Kisper. Shout out Corey. I don't know if you're listening or not, but you're balling out this year. Cooking. He he, a first round pick in my in my eyes. Yeah. That, I'm telling you, this next draft, bro, is going to oh, be good. And, and I just – I really like how college basketball – like, college basketball, um, even even through everything that's going on in the world right now, it's so much better than it was last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not, not just from the one and dones, but from the return players, from the teams. Um, you know, I've really – it's. I, I'm not going to lie, it is tough watching college, thinking about everything that's going on. Yeah. Just be, just because so many programs ha- have had to shut down already. Yeah. And this is another topic we can dive into. Yeah. But we have dove into it in classrooms. But, yeah. uh, but like, they're playing, and it's strictly, strictly for entertainment. They're not getting paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and so that's – it's brutal. It's brutal watching it. Like, man, like, they, they are literally playing for our entertainment and not getting paid for it. Um, and they work hard, man. They work so, so hard. And all the sacrifice, there's more sacrifices this year than, than any other year. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they can't go see anyone. They can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, we, we just saw Coach K and Duke just announced earlier today that they're not playing any more non-conference games. Yeah. It's it's all tough. Because now, even if that's maybe the right decision, it's becoming heavily criticized because previously he said the NCAA needs to have a tournament. So, like, there's so many right, exactly. pieces. I also want to bring this up about Coach K because – I feel like the timing 
of Coach K doing this is right after he lost twice at home. Right. So this one's to like, Michigan this is, State this and Illinois. Point, right? like, and even if it's right, he's not going to escape the criticism because. But I feel like he, he didn't say he wasn't really. This is he's singing a different tune than he was, and it's not like he's had guys go down with Corona or anything. Like, right. Exactly. Like his team's not playing great, so he's like, "All right, everyone." Like. Richie, I'm actually I'm with I was just about to make the point that you made. It's like the time the timing of it is terrible because I'm I I think he's right. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know, seeing seeing all the like in college football too. You oh, know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's been it's been really tough um, to know like those kids those kids have to deal with all of that. Yeah, and, and so it's. And it's tough because the thing that you talk about that, right? Like the kids are there because like 90% of them are, or maybe, maybe a little bit lower, 80% of them are trying to make it to the league. Right. And so they're there to get exposure because they couldn't go to the league the year before or whatever, whatever it might be, but they're not getting paid. So they're only there to get exposure. And when they can't play, when they can't do all this stuff and everything's going down and then you got games canceled, which I'm all for games getting canceled with safety of coronavirus. I mean, it's clear. I'm not advocating for people to play and endanger themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a tough situation with, with everything going on. And I don't think anyone has necessarily like the perfect answer of play or don't play or whatever it might be, but. I don't know. I'm I'm just worried about March Madness this year. Like we, yeah. I want we. I'm, I don't want. I'm not going to go as far as saying we need March Madness because we, at the end of the day, we don't need March Madness. But mm-hmm. with watching these games this year, if we had some sort of bubble tournament, like top twenty or something like yeah, that, yeah. top sixteen. I know there's a couple different like scenarios being thrown out there, whether it's top sixty four, top forty eight, top yeah. sixteen, whatever it might be. But if we had a, like a 16 team tournament right now in college basketball, I feel like it would be incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, the NBA led the foundation for being able to pull off a bubble and doing that, make it extremely entertaining, right? There's a plat- platform out there that there's some version of this that exists, especially because yeah, college basketball this year is awesome. Like we were just saying, it'd be great to get to see some version of that. But the, but the NCAA, we got to remember here, guys, yeah. the NCAA doesn't oh, <laughs> off these children to, to, to pay for a bubble. There's only like billion dollar organization. It's, they don't have the money for those guys. That's what bothers me about it. It's like, you have the resources. And one thing coach K did say is, well, actually Jeff Capel said this. He, he always said that coach K said college basketball is so tough because they feel like that there's no leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I definitely feel like that has a big effect on on how how the season being played out and, and all that. But I definitely a college a college March Madness bubble, I think is definitely feasible. I think the resources are there, um, and it's a like the the one thing about the bubble that or the NBA bubble was, I I actually was nervous because I was like, regular season games and playoff games is that feasible because you're gone for a long time. Yeah. Um, at least I feel like the, the NCAA bubble, you know, that's only for a month. And it's not from – the NBA bubble is from July to October. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think it's definitely feasible. Definitely feasible. Uh, short time period. And I think, you know, kids, if you get knocked out, you're gone. You know, it's – Exactly. Either in and out. But, yeah, I, I hope we get it. College basketball is very exciting this year. 
All right, well, let's get out of the college game and get to something a little bit uh, more in your sphere, the NBA sphere. Let's talk about this controversial list that comes out every single year. ESPN releases their top 100 players ranked, and it's always controversial. So we got to hop into some of our picks for being too high, too low. We're going to go down the list one by one, uh, touch on the guys we think that are worth discussing. So the grand honors of number 100, Joe Harris. 509, Joe Harris, my guy from Chelan, an hour and a half from where I grew up. Love this. He should be higher than 100, but I'm just glad he's on this list. Yeah. 99, Marcus Morris. Stop me when you guys have somebody where you're like, this is, this is obscene. Let's stop at 98. Okay, auto part. <laughs> Here we go. Hit us with it. Oh, man, I just. First of all, too high? You think he's too high? Yes. <laughs> that's my Hoya right there. This hurts. <laughs> I think like Otto Porter. Oh, damn, Richard. Yeah, I always forget you with the Georgetown. My bad. No, no, no. Lay it on. Lay it on. I feel like he, his. I feel like he's just been a bit of an like an enigma the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah. like, I don't. Is he just on here because people still think that he has like some potential to be good? Like, uh, I think I like even in the paragraph they were talking about. Billy Donovan, hopefully, like, a change of coach can, can bring more out of him. Because he's not, like – he's not bad. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I think he's overpaid. Oh, yeah. Is he the new Jeff Green? No, no, not that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, maximum potential guy for, like, 15 years. Like <laughs> uh, Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I, – I'm, I'm with you here. Otto Porter is a little too high at 98. That's tough for, for three guys, Anders. Ninety-seven, <laughs> Derek White. Okay. Ninety-six. Whoa. I think this is too, this is too high or like too low for him. He's this too. Yeah. Low. He's better. He's good. I get that he's getting old, but he still does a lot of good things for teams. Bro, the Lakers. I think the Lakers are shooing to win it again. That's what I like to hear. There we go. They, what? How do you want a title and upgrade in every position? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, it's, that's nuts. Yeah. Like, pay, yeah, absolutely insane. It's, it's essentially they've just gotten back to being a, a destination again for free agents. Exactly, exactly. 95, Aldridge. I think that's another guy that's, that's too low here. Uh, he's not yeah, quite the guy that he was, that. but this 95, that's, I mean, that's, that's tough. Yeah, I agree. Jared Allen, we Tim, you and I like Jared Allen. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know if he should be this high. It seems like he's very one-dimensional. He's kind of like the – athletic big who will catch lobs and block some shots and i want him to get more rebounds that's all i'm gonna say he's just yeah he's, he's real skinny real toughen skinny. up big J. I agree with y'all rubio my boy 93 i mean that's about that might be about right yeah that's you that's it I don't I can't really argue strongly either way okay okay 92 Mitchell Robinson another guy that potential yeah a lot of potential guy yeah but I mean don't worry he'll be playing 46 minutes a game this year (laughs) true here's my thing okay so I look at number 91 Seth Curry why is Seth Curry this you know nine spots ahead of Joe Harris Yeah, I agree with you on that, too. Like, I feel like they are pretty similar, and Joe Harris might be, like, slightly a better defender unless Seth Curry is guarding Steph Curry. 
because he's like very average until he guards his brother, and then all of a sudden, yeah. like, a <laughs> play together, and just like anything goes down, and it's awesome. Right, right. Shoot, I I do think that I mean we'll talk. Well, when we get to Harden, we'll talk about it. But I do think that 76ers are a very intriguing team. 100%. So, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. 100%. For sure, for sure. 90, Pat Bev. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's actually good or not, or if he's just so annoying that he gets more value. Like, I, I don't even know what to do with him anymore. What's your Pat Bev take? I like him. I think um, his previous one, I think 79 is more, is more fair to him. Because I think what – I think like defensively he is annoying, but I think he's a he's a solid defender and he can he can hit open threes. Yeah, well that's that's what I mean. Like I think he gains value by just the fact that he's super annoying. Like I think that people put him up higher because he does actually add value. I, I, it's going to be interesting whether the Clippers move on from guys like him and uh, Lou Will this year because they're having talks. Both those guys could get flipped. Yeah, yeah. A lot of issues in that in that locker room, which we can get to at the top of this list. Yes, we will. All right, so Joe Ingles is 89 here, and I don't know why he's so low. Is Joe not as good as I think he is? Because I feel like Joe's solid. Well, it's, it's also funny because they have these rankings here, the 2020-2021 projected RPMs, and his is 1.2, and then the guy in front of him is negative 1.2. So uh, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. I have to say. I like, I like Joe Ingles. I think Joe Ingles can play. Yeah, yeah he's very skilled. I think he's, he's great for that team. I think Utah – I don't know, man. Utah was very, very intriguing last year. I think going into the season, I was most excited to watch them because of all the additions that they made. Yeah. Um, but I know thing, things – Joe Ingles was a sixth man when Bogdan was playing. Yeah. Bogdan was playing, right? So, yeah. definitely changed things too. Yeah. I'm looking at um, – Well, let's, let's drop next. Uh, Jeremy Grant. I mean, have fun in Detroit. But he healed uh, <laughs> one of those dudes that uh, – Last year he was 59? Well, so, dude, I mean, he was really good two years ago. And then last year I think he got pissed off that he's coming off the bench and he yeah, rebelled yeah. against that role and was not quite the same player. He makes way too much money to come off the bench. So that's – he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> he doesn't want to be in Sacramento. Like, it's, it's, it's not a – everything there is kind of messed up right now. Uh, 86, Brooke Lopez. 85. Gallo. He's going to be interesting with Atlanta this year. That's going to be a really interesting team. I'm not going to say uh, Bleacher <laughs> – we've talked about this before <laughs> last week. Bleacher Report made a big a big thing about how uh, the Hawks are going to be a, a problem next year. They're going to be dangerous. They're going to be a, a dangerous nine seed. <laughs> uh, they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll be sick at the eight-nine seed. <laughs> but, I hope Trey Young becomes a good defender somehow. Like, he just channels his inner Pat Bev, and they get, like, a four seed in the East. Well, so let's prove you wrong. The, no, look, I mean, <laughs> that no surprising thing in the world? No, they've got a lot of talent. But, like, let, let's, let's chill with them. They're dangerous. They're a problem. They're, they're going to yeah. be an eight seed, man. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I, th- I think the Hawks – I think the Hawks are just like, yo, we about to get all the talent we can get. And then after that, we'll figure the rest out later. Because I do think, even on the guard front, Rondo, they got a veteran in there. Yeah. Chris Dunn, I think he's he's perfect to play play alongside Trey Young. Okay, if we can, if we're gonna get into the Hawks here real quick, we don't we don't have a ton of time to get into every team like this. But like, I do think a lot of their moves make sense and also could be uh, a bit problematic. Like the Rondo thing, I think makes a lot of sense as a veteran to put next to a Trey Young to you know right. give him some of that experience as a, a different side of of, of the of the player but uh 
Rondo also doesn't really try in the, the regular season, and the Hawks <laughs> win in the regular season. So, I mean, it, it'll be great when they get to the first round as the eighth seed and then have to play the Bucks. I'm the predicting the Trey or the yeah, sorry, the Rondo situation in the Hawks yeah. blows up. Traded by the deadline. Yeah, so this I, mean, is, I could see that. This wow. is what's gonna happen. He's gonna come in and think that he's the vet ball, and Trey Young is gonna be like, bro. I'm a starter in the all-star game. Like, get off my back. Stop telling me what to do. You're washed. And then Rondo's not going to be happy about it. And they're going to throw hands. Atlanta's going to fall apart. Wow. Where's your first? That is a great <laughs> You remember the Steve Blake Maryland video from practice? Oh, my God, yeah. That's what we're going to get this year with Trey Young and Rajon Rondo. That's going to be incredible. I do – I do, before we move on, I love the Chris Dunn signing, like you said, to put him next to Trey Young, because even if Trey Young doesn't have that crazy defensive pickup, uh, he now has somebody that can play next to him that, that very much is. Yeah, okay, so I want to speed this up a little bit, because otherwise we're, we're going to be here all night. Okay. Miles awesome. Turner a good time. at 74. <laughs> or sorry. Oh, jeez. Yeah, okay. Miles Turner at 74. Too high, not high enough. What do you think, Marshall? Demar at 82. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, this is this is the one. Okay, you're right. Yeah, okay, okay. Demar at 82 is is disrespectful. Okay. We we will we will get to guys that are in front of him, but this guy was uh, 22 with 5.6 assists and 60% true shooting percentage last year, and he is now 82 on this list. Stop. That's criminal, man. He he is so tough. He is so I, like. I know, I know people get on him because he don't shoot threes, but do you know how nice you got to be if people know that you're going mid-range and you still hit it, you still do it and still hit it at, still, the, at the clip that he does? He's so, he's so good to me, man. He's always been He's also still good. putting guys on posters. Like, it's not yeah. like he's lost it totally. Right, exactly. Okay, okay. John, I see, John okay. Wall, we just have no idea. Yeah, right? I have no idea question, John Wall. I really hope he cooks, though. Yeah, I, I would I'm, I'm love that yeah. if yeah. he cooks, for sure. Schroeder, Aaron Gordon, KCP. I like KCP. Montrez. Two two guys right here. Lakers. Uh, oh. I'm very curious to see what Montrez, Montrez Harrell was like the best. I don't know how he signed for like two years, 19 million or whatever it is. Completely like, diminished his value in the bubble, though, by not being able to play in the playoffs. It, but still, six million a year. Everything, everything is going to be fixed because he's playing against AD. That's like, what I said. He, he got it playing with AD. He got exposed on, on defense in the bubble. But if you're playing against probably the best defensive big, and AD don't like to do the dirty work, he does. Yeah. So yeah. I thought like it was a perfect signing. Perfect <laughs> my thing, too, also on the AD thing, he has to go against AD every day in practice. Yeah. He's right. going to get better. He's going to be good. I agree with that. I'm, I'm way in. Uh, Duncan Robinson, dude's just going to hit a million threes. All right, this is the one you wanted to go love with. love Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I mean, dude, this guy's, like, breaking all these records, shooting threes out of nowhere. It's actually hilarious listening to him tell stories because he's very much also in the camp of, like, I did not expect to be here. This <laughs> 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 is crazy for me, too. <laughs> so, yeah, that's always a fun one. All right, 74, Tim. This is where you wanted to go. All right, this is what we want to talk about. Miles Turner, I feel like, skilled big, can play defense, all that stuff. Why? Why is he the way? He, like, why do teams not want Miles Turner, Marshall? Like, why? What's going on here? I wish I had an answer. I think I will say when the Hayward to Pacers talk was happening. Yeah. And I I know Turner was in that. I guess I don't want to say proposed trade or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he needs a change of scenery. Um, because Sabonis, like Sabonis, is the best big on that team. 
That's, so bonus that's is legit. Yeah. Shout out to Gonzaga. Right. So, <laughs> so um, I don't, I don't know, man. He's a very interesting case, man. Obviously, very skilled. Um, like y'all said, man. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, and I think, um, he he was expected to take a bigger step this year, but oh, well, this past season, but yeah. And that's that's it's always you just brought up the Celtics. It's always concerning to me when a team doesn't want a guy. Like they were almost willing to let go of Gordon Hayward for nothing to not have to take on Miles Turner as a contract, which is always concerning to me. Exactly, I That's agree with you on that. Catchy for me. Uh, got Boyan, PJ Tucker. He just looks pissed in his photo on this on this article. So that, like, he's should, pissed in real life. Like, too. Everybody's just pretty pissed <laughs> in the Rockets. Like just I don't know what to do with the Rockets at all. Mike Conley, you had a bit of a question mark about this one here's my thing with Conley and it actually Marshall this is I want to know your thing on this okay and, I, and Richie and I have gone back and forth on this do we put a lot of stake in what we saw in the bubble or not because we had guys play really bad i.e. Lou Will we had guys play their like like TJ Warren like go absolutely nuts Mike Conley played really well after he came back like what do you think about this? Like, do you think that we, like, do we look at the Suns and go, oh, they are, like, before Chris Paul, well, like, do we look at the Suns and go, wow, that team is super good because they went, hey, no, in the bubble? Or do we think the bubble is this, like, enigma that's out here that's not happening? Um, I think Conley is a one-off case because I, I think Conley stuck, like, he got hurt during the season. He was on the same team for a bunch of years. He tried to figure out, I think he he had trouble kind of figuring out his role and fitting in with the team, yeah. and I think because he was called he he had a way bigger role in the bubble because because of uh, Bogdanovich. Yeah, and Conley Conley is I've always thought like he like I've always thought he's a very underrated player. Yeah. So I think. I'll say it again, my bad. Conley's never made an All Star game, right? I don't think so. Oh. I don't think so. So uh, I, I he, think he is super underrated. Continue, sir. Yeah, no, that's all good, man. But I think I, I don't. I think it was more so him figuring out his role, and then in the bubble, like when you got when you got a guy like that who's that skilled, who's a who's a solid leader. Um, when you ask him to take on a bigger role, it's like because basically it's like, yo, we need we need you to get a bucket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he he can do that. He can do a lot of things, man. So I think I actually think he's too low, um, yeah. but that's just my personal opinion. I, I think the bubble we should be taking in in context of each individual player because I think for some players like Russell Westbrook, yeah, I don't know what to do with his because he was hurt coming off of COVID, right? Then there's some guys like T.J. Warren. Like, are we expecting that 50 point clip he's putting up all the time? Uh, I will say T.J. Warren is the hardest person I've ever had to guard. I will. I will say that about T.J. Warren. You guarded T.J. Warren. A.U. Well, yeah. I mean, then yeah, you have pretty good first-hand experience with this. All right. Well, is he gonna? Be, is he putting up the fifty a night, or what are we doing? I don't. I don't know. I. I don't think he can do it every night in the league. But as you see from the bubble, he's capable. He's so skilled. He can do everything. He's. He's big, bro. Like people, his size is very, very good for the NBA. He's. He's legit six eight. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to get to him in a bit. This is, this is good early insight on this. Uh, next guy, Steven Adams. Uh, stop me. D'Lo. Okay. This one hurts me, man. This guy was an all-star two years ago. This was, this was my boy when we were working for the Nets. I loved D'Lo. This is my, was my favorite player at the time. 69 seems a little low. And before you make a joke, Tim, 
I can see it on your face. I, I wasn't going to make a joke. All I was going to say is that 69 seems like a pretty good position for someone who refuses to play an ounce of defense. Like, the dude doesn't play defense in the slightest. The disrespect. Like, the does, disrespect. I mean, prove, like, does he? Oh. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Moving on. To- <laughs> we'll get the other guys to do the same thing. We're, uh, we're going to get to somebody in, in 30 spots. So that you're going to be like, come on. Okay. Uh, OG. Eric Bledsoe, another guy I had on the list here. Somebody I, I thought was interesting. 67 feels a little high. I mean, I know he's he's very good. And he's coming to asset, but it, it feels a little high for a team, for a guy that was just on a team that is has title aspirations and said, we don't want you. The only thing, him and OG are like right next to each other because they're just they're just locked down defenders, obviously, and that's why they're there. Because Bledsoe was a all defensive player this year, right? I think he was second team all defense. Or? Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a great he's a great defender. I still think Milwaukee made they they picked to give the wrong player money. They should have paid Brogdon instead of him. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he, but that's what I mean. Like sixty-seven for a guy that yeah. great player. Yeah. I'm with you on, and then New Orleans. I think New Orleans is not a good fit for him, but. Yeah, well, is New Orleans a good fit for anyone? Uh, well, I mean, hold on, hold on. You you also didn't like the, the Stephen Adams <laughs> thing uh, at seventy, but I like the talk that's coming out of him and Zion. They're they're having fun. That's true. Uh, Serge, I do think, uh, unfortunately, the Clippers got a really good one, and, and Serge Ibaka. I think this the the whole chemistry thing came out with the Clippers locker room, that big piece in the Athletic, which is an awesome report and look insight okay. inside into that team. But I, I've heard a lot about how Serge and Kawhi were genuine friends and he's one of the few guys that have been able to unlock that camaraderie with Kawhi on a personal level. So this is maybe the perfect guy to kind of come in and fix some of those issues. He's also like the perfect big for them. Yeah. Who can space yeah, the floor. This is, this is this is what I think I thought he was besides like obviously the big name free agents, I thought he was like the most important free agent role player this year because of his skill. Yeah. The way he can rebound the ball, brings toughness and the way he can space the floor. I thought whoever got him was going to be super pumped about it. I agree. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blake, this is another guy that could be way higher if he can just stay healthy. You know, he continues to put up good numbers when he's healthy, but. Yo, and I will also say, well, the ESPN already says this, man. Have you seen a guy be hurt so much but still develop his skill? It's shooting, man. That's the thing that, that gives me some promise with him, right? Like, the fact that he can actually kind of shoot now. He can put the ball on the floor, too. Like, he, he – he, Blake Griffin is really, really good. And I think he's improved so much since he since he um, got in the league. Yeah. It's tragic he's with Detroit now. So Yeah, yeah. Get, get him out. Uh, Kevin Love, another guy who needs who needs out. He's just he miserable. He needs change scenery <laughs> so bad. He's just pissed. I don't know where to rank him because he's just pissed. <laughs> All right, here's your guy, 63. Is 63 fair for TJ Warren? I don't think so. I think, I it's, think, so. I think it's too high for TJ. Too high? Where are you? I think it's too high. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. I think so, too, because the, the bubble was, was great, but, I mean, that's not realistic to expect that. Every night, you know, like we even saw he got hurt and couldn't couldn't hold that for the whole length of the bubble. Like that's yeah. yeah. The one thing I am super pumped about with TJ Warren is just to watch him and Jimmy Butler go at it. That's pretty much all. I think TJ Warren is good <laughs> it was for fun. Right it was fun. <laughs> yeah, touched on the Hawks with uh, Bogdanovich. Uh, Bertans signed a massive contract. Those last two years of his contract are going to be brutal. But if the uh, the Wizards can be any good this year with Beal and Westbrook, who Tim doesn't like, well, we can get to him later. But 
I think this is a good good piece to have for the first two years in this contract. You know, he's a sniper, man. Yeah, Covington. Yo, Portland had the best off before we got. Portland had the best off season, in my opinion. Okay, this is controversial. This, I don't right. know how much time you have because this is controversial. All right, give it to me. Why? Why? Every hole that they needed to fill, they did. Because Portland was terrible, def- terrible defensively, yeah. and I think everybody who they picked up in the offseason, like it filled holes. Like I, I really think the GM, the GM of Portland, he deserves a round of applause for the offseason. Yeah, he picked up. Let's see, I think. Let's see, Covington picked yeah, yeah. up. Giles. I think Giles is mellow. And- yeah. Here's my thing: is I think they filled the holes, but not all the way to the top. Like, if they had a 10-foot hole, they filled it with, like, eight feet of dirt. <laughs> and, like, like what is it, they're gearing up to be the, the fifth seed in the West again. Like, okay, hold on. Hold on. Before, before we continue with this, just for context, Tim is in favor of blowing up the, the Trailblazers. He wants, he wants CJ McCollum out of there. I remember he told me that before. Yeah, he's, he's big on the, on the blow it up. Here's my thing is – being from the Pacific Northwest, I have a bunch of buddies who are like diehard Blazers fans. Like right, I have, right. like one of my good friends, shout out Kevin Petermeyer, Brian Peter. They have like I kid you not, like fifty Blazers jerseys from like every era to everything. And pretty much all of the Portland fans who watch games every single week are saying that the writing is on the wall with this team. They can't necessarily beat a Lakers or a Clippers or obviously Warriors. This is a team that we've seen since 2014 be a six seed over and over and over again, win a couple of playoff series. And that's just what this team is going to be. They need to do something different if they actually want to win a title. I think, I, I think Portland has a chance to be a three seed this year. Like, like they were not this, not the bubble, but the season before. Yeah, I think I think they have they have potential to they really have potential to do that this year. I think Golden State Golden State's still gonna be really good, but that clay injury yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Super unfortunate. Yeah. That sucks. That, that's real, real, real unfortunate. And I think like I can see Portland overtaking. Hold on, Tyler Harris fifty nine. Uh, Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so we got this list right now. Okay, okay. To wrap up Portland, put the pretty bow on it. Here's my thing. They will be a three through six seed with this roster every year. If that's what they're going for, great. They're not beating the Lakers or the Clippers. No, but I also think if you're a three through six seed, you're just praying for luck at that point, too. Like, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to do Okay, now we'll get to your fun here. <laughs> Go for it. Dope player, dope energy. Fits that team perfectly, but he, he's too high. They're 100% banking on him just turning into a superstar this year. And I, right, right. I don't, I don't really – I don't see that yet. But he – hell of a player, man. I, I do enjoy watching him play. Um, hard worker, too. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, think, I think he's a good player. But I think being 59 is – is, hey, well, Here's yeah, yeah. 30 spots ahead of DeMar DeRozan, man. Like, Sorry, I know. <laughs> the picture they have of Duncan Robinson in the background – it's kind of perfect because I almost want like Duncan. Like I almost see these guys. Obviously, Tyler Hero has a higher ceiling than Duncan Robinson. Right. But I think Duncan Robinson, for like what he brings on a nightly basis, is way more consistent. Yeah. 
like I would rather see Duncan Robinson. I think he's pretty perfectly placed at seventy five, but, but like I'm, I don't think Tyler Hero is fifty nine. I think this is this is what I'm talking like before before we before we started. I said, like this list is ridiculous yeah. every year, and like and I feel like this is just to get clicks. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you know. Um, but hey, this I didn't know he's fifty nine though. I thought I didn't know he's that high. I would just yeah. say. <laughs> This is my big thing. Tim and I argue about this a lot. I'm not a big rankings guy. I like tiers because I think the difference between me is frustrating to me. Like, I don't know, but I can put them in the same class together. That's exactly. Cool. Exactly. Here are the clicks, you know. I, I want to rank them. I'm like, okay, if we put them in tiers, let's just put them in more tiers. And then more tiers. So maybe we can get like two or three guys in the tier max. Dragic, I think too high again. I think he's, I don't think so. He's this 34 is, and he's going to be coming up later. Dude, he was – instrumental to that heat team when he healthy he, he exactly healthy. here's the thing is when he was healthy and even when he wasn't i'll take this when he wasn't healthy he still was the lone miami heat player to attack the rim against anthony davis and wasn't afraid of getting his, his shot blocked. he was the only guy who did it in like the 25 minutes that he played in the series whatever it was everyone else was like Where's AD? Shoot, I'm, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. I, I don't want to get blocked by AD. Everyone else besides Goran Dark, he is the leader of that team. Dude. Obviously, Jimmy's Jimmy, but Goran just provides this element. I think he is a top. He's there. I think he's, he's there. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, here it is. Yeah, yep. Lonzo Ball, 54. Again, this is the guy I'm talking about being 30 spots higher than D'Angelo Russell, 20 spots, whatever. Come on. Lonzo Ball is not the 54th best player in the in the, in the league. He's not. Marshall, yeah. what are your thoughts? I agree. I agree. I think I, I do. I do think he's getting better. Oh yeah. Um, Except for but the 54 is too high. 100. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, another. That's another guy that they just put on there because they're expecting him to make massive jumps. Uh, you're stealing yeah. his cap for me when you're talking shit on your own team and then. Also, not getting vaccines. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, and I will go to my grave saying this most likely, and this something else happens. By far the most talented high school player I've ever seen. He was unbelievable in high school. His senior year in Seattle, he was balling out at Nathan Hale for Brandon Roy. Unbelievable. He was doing. very good. 50, Sabonis, 49, Dinwiddie, uh, too high. high. Yep, way too high. He's a great player, but we also got to remember he's going to have a way smaller role with Kyrie and KD. Hold on. If he's 49, where's Karis LeVert? You'll see yeah. in three. Yeah. What? Kemba 48? <laughs> what, what? Kemba way too, too, high, low. too low. No, too low for sure. Way too low. Yeah, Kemba's good, dude. <laughs> Kemba is injured, dude. He's a top five point guard in my book. I agree. Yeah, five. I agree. I agree. Top five point guard for sure. I think a lot of what we saw with uh, the bubble was was very concerning to me. And I did. He was I'm hurt. Also, he was coming back from injury. He's always hurt. That's that's what I'm saying. Like he's 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 doesn't have the same explosiveness. That's that's the fear of him. You know, as a cardiac. I think he was hurt, and then like I legit think like the way like don't be wrong. There were games where he didn't play well, but but Toronto series especially. Yeah. Their game plan, their de- their defensive game plan for them, and the Heat took it basically, was amazing because I, Tatum and Brown get all the press as they should. Like they're both real, but Kemba starts the offense. He's the key to their offense. Yeah, okay, uh, he's also out till January though, so he's gonna be missing games. Well, 
Nope. Week doesn't start till end of December, so. All the, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm how uh, all the depot. I mean, his his team chemistry stuff is a massive concern for me. The stuff that came out about him that that's that's tough. Care, oh, there's there's a boy Karis, forty six. Probably fair. Hayward. Uh, when healthy, he's legit. When healthy, he's we just don't know. It's another guy like John Wall. Honestly, with the Charlotte, the Charlotte was surprising. But the only thing that was surprising to me about it was the length. Like Charlotte, they don't get any free agents, you know. So I, so I understand they got to make a deal for a player like that. But I was surprised at the length. Hundred percent. Yeah. Draymond, forty-four. It's going to be an effort thing with him. Jaron Jackson. Hmm. I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah. Vucevic. Gucci. Porzingis, another guy, dude, just gotta stay healthy, man. If he can stay healthy next to Luca, that's man. Fred Van Vliet. Ever since he became a dad, he just <laughs> became incredible. That was unbelievable. He talked about Bledsoe Brogdon. Well, he got Brogdon at 39 and Bledsoe way back up in the 60s. So uh, SGA. Dude, Shea's gonna shine this year. I think so too. I like him a lot. Yeah. He's got to without Chris Paul there. Smart, I think he's a guy that affects winning. So he might not be the most talented dude, but smart's 37. I agree. Westbrook, Tim does not Dang, like him. You all the yeah. way at 36? That's harsh. That's harsh for me. I think he need to be higher. 100%. I'm, I'm with you. He's not efficient, Tim. I, I 100% not efficient. But this dude, like, the way he affects his teammates, I think is going to be important to see what we see in in uh, Washington. Like, he's, Russ is fun to watch, man. Oh. Even through mistakes, he is fun. 100%. I'm, I'm always tuning into a Russell Westbrook game. He's one of the most explosive athletes I've ever seen in any sport do anything. It's incredible to watch him move. He's fun. Middleton. Another highlight of the bubble, if you don't mind. Oh, please. The first Lakers-Rockets game yeah. where Houston won and yeah. Russell the shot and start cussing at the jump. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> the memes that came out of that were so funny. I love it. We're, we're coming up here short on time, so I want to just scroll down to number 19 here. True holiday. Jalen Brown. We are going to go to number 19, Zion Williamson at number 19. Too high? What do you think? I mean, he's ahead of guys like CJ, Rudy Gobert, Kyrie. He's ahead Ooh. of Pascal Siakam. He's yeah. ahead of a lot of dudes at 19 that you're like – he's ahead of Cat. Like, you're like, wait, what? Like, Paul Murray, Paul George. What do you – I mean, there's no way is Zion Williamson better than Paul George. I agree with that. He's too high. Way too high. Way too high. And he had this thing – my thing is he had this thing where he was like, I was trying to fit in, you know, every, we all heard that. He was like, I was just trying to, like, not make mistakes. But, I don't know, man. I'm like well, – We just haven't seen it. That's a big thing. He's played 25 games or whatever, you know? Like, right, there's only been 20 something Here's the thing that got me – this is what I'll say. last thing I'll say is, in the bubble, why was he not playing more minutes? Okay, that thing, yeah. That was weird to me. It's like, why aren't you doing cardio? Like, yeah, what? Yeah, there's no answers. That was oh, no. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, 18. He's awesome. He's Mitchell really ahead good. of Murray. Mitchell or Murray, who do you want? Mm. Mitchell. Me too. Mitchell. Oh, oh, Mitchell too. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a fair ranking. Booker, I had a Beal. I love him. Yeah, okay. D-Book is good. Well, we're going to see. Right? Everybody's accused him of not being able to win. We get Chris Paul next to him now. Let's let's see what, if, if that affects winning. Top top five or six seed in the West. Okay, I like that. I, I got them five, six. That's, that's probably fair. I think they wouldn't have been had Nuggets had a better offseason. 
you know, and, Warriors, and Warriors stay healthy. But yeah, since Warriors got hurt and Nuggets had a terrible offseason, Suns have definitely top six, top five potential. In the West. I agree. I agree. 16. What a polarizing player he is. He's good, man. I'm, I'm on the well, Ben Simmons side. Yo, that's why, like, I know people are like, Philly, how come you're not doing the – like, if, if Houston wants Ben Simmons, how come you're not doing it? But that's a tough decision to make, man. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. It's not, it's not easy. Like, he's, like, probably six or seven years younger than Harden, 13 all NBA this year. Like, and then this year, the fact that they have shooters around them, too, they got Seth Curry, they got – um. Who else they pick up that can shoot? They got all the rookies. They got the uh, the rookie who can shoot. What's his name? Yeah. Joe Green. Joe, so Joe something. Joe. Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe. There we go. Yeah. yeah, they got guys. Oh, Danny Green too. Yeah, I mean I Danny know. Green. Like, and then like even I don't know if y'all listen to JJ Reddick podcast, but yeah. he was even talking about how the Doc Rivers he makes plays for shooters. Yeah. And also, underrated thing, Tobias had his best season. Tobias Harris had his best season with Doc Rivers. Dude, I'm, I'm high on the Sixers. I'm very high on the Sixers this year. Yeah. And the other thing is the contract control with Ben Simmons is so much greater than with James Harden. James Harden could easily say, see it in two years. Where exactly. Chris Paul, too high. I love him, but uh, this is – He played high. really freaking well last year. He man. played outstanding, but he's 36, a lot of injury history. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, okay, right now, would you guys rather have Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook? One year. One year. CP3. Yeah, probably. Me too. I don't know about 20 spots higher. You know? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, Embiid? 14, yeah. He's so but inconsistent. Embiid or Adebayo? You have one year. Who do you want? One year of between – I'd rather have Adebayo, personally. Okay. Same here. That's what okay, I said. Okay, okay. Richie yeah. was giving me shit for it. Richie was no, like, no, you no, would rather have no, Bam no. Adebayo. All right. Bam, there's no – like, Bam can guard everybody on the floor. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. He's also becoming every game he gets better at offense. Every well, I will I will say this. I think from the bubble, the player that impressed me most watching it because you know how like watching people in person could be a totally different experience. Totally different experience, yeah. 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 I think Braun was at the top of that list, but Adebayo was second. Like yeah. he's really, 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 really good. Okay. All right, that's that's this is good insight. Thirteen, teammate Jimmy Butler twelve, Tatum oh. eleven. Oh shit! Is Tatum the eleventh best player in the NBA right now? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think he's too high. Tatum's good. Yeah. I would put Tatum as a There's top 20, 25. That's exactly where I'd put him. That's yeah. exactly where I said. Top 25. He, I feel like you could justify him like seven, 16 to 25, something like that. Maybe like 16 where, to 22. There, where was Jalen Brown? Uh, Jalen Brown was – he was up a little bit higher. He was um, – I had this on the list somewhere. Let me see. Oh, yeah, that's 32. 32. Uh, okay. I mean, that's probably fair, though. Yeah, I think that's fair. He, I really like him, too, though. Boston, right. Boston's future is really bright with them, too. Oh, man. I hate to say it. It's Lakers, man, but 100%. All right, top 10. Jokic, 10. 9. Harden. Who, dude, I would want nothing to do with him right now. I, I know he's, he's outstanding, but... This guy's just spitting in the face of the Rockets organization, just out partying in the middle of the pandemic. What do you, what do you, what do you think of Marshall? Like Harden in general or about the ranking? Harden in general and the ranking. Ranking. Uh, you think I can give you the guys in front of him, if that'll help you. Well, I'll talk about Harden in general before I do that. Please. I think in general, 
I think I for, for when it comes to like teams wanting him, there's not too many teams that can make that trade. Yeah. I think again, if I'm Philly, I understand why you're not doing that trade. Yeah. I know y'all saw today Milwaukee. mentioned Milwaukee. Yeah. Milwaukee can't make that trade. They gave up three first round picks for Drew. Yeah. So how how much you think is Harden gonna be? Yeah, exactly. You ain't got no picks. So, does, they don't they don't get a lot in Giannis, so Right, exactly, exactly. So I don't know about that. But Miami is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only team that he's mentioned that I'm like, hmm. But they'd probably have to get rid of Bam there or something, you know? Like, no, they would never get rid of Bam. Here's my thing. For well, maybe. Dude, if Harold's 59. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my thing. Point at the list. Harden, Harden can't play in Miami because he, he can't get down to the body fat percentage that Pat Riley needs him to get down to. Well, so he just be partying the entire time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Harden in South Beach. Yeah. I Harden. think that would be must-see TV, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy right. Buckets would be so mad. <laughs> so mad. Eight. No, but I would. I don't know, man. I I really I think my the Miami trade would be very interesting. If it happened, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, we got eight Steph Curry. Okay. Slept on seven Dame, six KD. We don't we don't know until he's not until he's back from injury. He could be. He could be one. He could be twelve. You know, he's we don't know what he's gonna look like. Man, I, I think I think he's gonna be he's gonna be back to being the second best player in the league. Okay, well you'll you'll see the top the top two here. We got five Kawhi, four Luca, three Giannis, which means two Anthony Davis and one LeBron. We're back. One two LeBron. <laughs> Must be nice to be a Los Angeles Lakers fan. Woo! Must be nice. Here's my thing: is I think that. I call it, like, watching Luka in the bubble, I was like, that dude's winning MVP next year. That Luka, I think he's right there, top five. He he needs to figure it out defensively a little bit, but the things that he does, man, are... Yo, and Dallas, Dallas is perfectly built. Oh, yeah. For, like, like, to utilize his skill set of what he does. Like, they're built very well. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. We, we kept you longer than we had promised, but this was... Uh, very well worth it. We went through every single player in the top 100. And <laughs> I think we, we got into some, some more important conversations prior to the rankings than we had anticipated, too. So that was, that was very helpful and insightful, and I think a lot of people will appreciate that. But, Marshall, you are the man for coming on. Appreciate you. We're going to need to do this again. We need, we need more insights once the season rolls back around. Oh, absolutely, man. Y'all, y'all know where to find me in the house. Once <laughs> <laughs> that vaccine comes out, man, we gotta get it back on the court. Yeah. Oh my god, you already know, man. I, I really, I really miss y'all guys, man, for real. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Likewise, miss you as well. Stay safe, man. Say hello to your family, and we'll talk to you soon. Are you the same, man? Thank y'all. Y'all take care. You too. Shout out to Marshall for being a great guest. Really appreciated having him on. We're gonna end with Jordan Club Buckner Club right here. All right, starting with the Buckner Club. We've learned from our mistakes. No more doing Jordan Club first. Uh, Buckner Club, this is a pretty damn easy one. James freaking Harden. Why are you partying in a pandemic when your team's relying on you to be playing games, getting ready for this new season? Come on, man. Yeah, if the pandemic wasn't happening, it would still be a, a total jerk move. Seriously. And the fact that the pandemic is happening is just like, come on, man. Like, really? Yeah, there's, there's a, whole lot, a whole side of the player empowerment era that's been heavily discussed in recent days. And that's something we can get into more specifically as uh, when we have more time, because I think it is a very interesting shift in dynamic right now. But 
Uh, this is a case where it's, I'm, I'm partially on Harden's side because, you know, you, in not too many or, uh, jobs in the world, you don't get to choose when you get to leave. But uh, at the same time, dude, you created all of this, you know, like you're the guy that asked for all these trades to be made. You're the guy that set up the situation for you in Houston. Sure. It's not the best organizational fit right now with some of the stuff at Fertitta, but if, if this is purely based on Steven Silas hire for, for whom I feel horrible. Yeah. That's this is a horrible, this is a terrible look. First of all, it's a pandemic. Put on a mask. Second of all, you're not even trying to hide it. Like you're in the strip club with no mask on being videoed as your team is in practicing you're posting emojis on instagram like like, i just feel like once again as richie perfectly stated all for player empowerment yeah but this is just such a selfish move yeah it's just a terrible just such a selfish move yeah you you really hate to see it and it's going to be tough i've got like we've talked about in the past i've got some some philly sports fans in my life who were very high on james harden this this would be similar to me to a uh a dwight howard for me last year as a lakers fan where it was like Ah, okay, it's kind of cool that Dwight's making his redemption story, but also, like, I don't really enjoy rooting for anti-vaxxer Dwight Howard, who's yeah. just super weird. Like, <laughs> this isn't – I'm not particularly inspired watching this. I would imagine it's going to be a similar feeling in, with James Harden until he's putting up 40 a night, and then we kind of forget about it, yeah. as, as we tend to do. Yeah. Uh, okay, positive, Jordan Club. Mark Cuban here, just being a total class act – Signing J.J. Barea to a one-year $2.6 million deal, even though he knew he was going to waive him the next day as a thank you for the time that he spent. He goes 11 years with the Mavericks organization, won the title in 2011. Mark Cuban, class act, everyone. That was great. Class act, except for when he's just bodying uh, corrupt politicians on uh, Twitter, <laughs> in which case also, also good for you. Also yeah. good for you, Ted Cruz. <laughs> Not pumped about you, yeah, <laughs> Mark Cuban. Go for yeah. it. Uh, Obviously, Mark, no one's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Cuban, like the way you do your thing, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> can't complain. <can't> <laughs> All right, that is Jordan Club, Buckner Club. I forgot about that. Mark Cuban, Ted Cruz, people on Twitter, dude. Class act until he gets on Twitter and just says sayonara. Unbelievable. God, okay. I love the internet. Yeah. Well, that's another episode of What's Poppin'. Appreciate all you guys. Let us know any feedback you have on all this. We, we very much appreciate all of it. And thank you to everybody listening. So, adios. Later.